Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is July 27th, the Fightful Post Raw podcast, and I am joined by the wonderful Denise Salcedo, fresh off of a big week for her. The Taylor Swift album dropped, so you guys know. Go over to uh, her YouTube channel. Check out all the great content she has there. Uh, Denise, glad you could make it tonight. I know you've never known me in terms of going through my Taylor Swift new album phase because I don't think we knew each other yet no. when Lover came out. So it was just like a couple months after that. And so this has just been like the craziest week ever. All right. Like the craziest week. Yes, I would imagine so. Uh, I see plenty of it out of Jeremy Lambert as well. But you guys are going to see plenty of stuff here as well. We, I've, got, I've got a ton of stuff to, to plug on Fightful this week. It's going to be an insane week. I just released the interview with Luke Gallows, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Rocky Romero. They're talking, talking shop. I'm running a giveaway on my Twitter right now. Go check that out. We'll probably do one on Facebook as well. But uh, show that, that interview some love. Our EC3 interview is over like 65,000 views right now. Would love the Gallows Anderson one to do great as well. Uh, so share it, like it, subscribe it. They talk about the about almost going to TNA instead of WWE. They talk about leaving New Japan. They talk about what made them come to Impact Wrestling. Uh, a lot of stuff like that, plus the Talking Shop uh, show that's coming up. I will be talking to those guys again in the future. But uh, Jeremy Lambert has an interview with AEW's Ricky Starks this week. Perhaps the most sarcastic interview I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it is well worth your view, guys. Make sure you guys check that out. Then later this week, I've got an interview dropping with Taylor Wilde of uh, Impact Wrestling TNA fame. Now, all of these are early access on FightfulSelect.com Tier 2. But if you subscribe to FightfulSelect.com, you're getting exclusive news Every single day. There's something up there every single day. And we've got seven weekly shows that starts out at just five bucks. And it supports us greatly. Please go over, check that out. But hey, if you want to support us directly, you can donate to Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air, including Jeremy Lambert, who is just abusing the system right now. (laughs) He said, did you hear the rumors from Inez? What's yeah, that mean? The, the whole thing about that being Blake Lively's daughter and I don't know what else. It's like there are so many Easter eggs in Taylor Swift's whole entire album that it's like ridiculous. And I'm working on a new video that just today I think I got 10% of the Easter eggs and it's already 17 pages long. So I'm very stressed about it. Are you laughing at me? Am I being laughed at live on our raw post show? I'm not laughing. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like. I'm gonna have to submit a complaint to Jimmy Van or something. Uh, Speaking of guys, uh, of course, Denise, we thank you all so much for, uh, or thank you so much for joining us on the Listen You Girl the last several weeks. 
quite frankly, and, and this is not me working anybody, I don't know why Jimmy has missed the shows, but he says he's going to explain it this Wednesday. Special start time of 2 p.m. Uh, Jimmy will be back on the list and your boy. But uh, <laughs> it's like, I, I again, I don't know where the hell he's been, and, and he hates this 2 p.m. start time, but I'm going back to Quizzlemania, Denise. I can't believe it. Everybody has been asking for you, like, every single show. I'm not kidding you. Like, your name is all over that comment yeah. section. Well, I got to do the right thing and save them from Luke. I, and I, I just got to do the right thing. And I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to defeat Luke Owen Wednesday on Quizzlemania. Because, you know, there's nothing I'd rather do with three hours of my off time on a Wednesday, the busiest wrestling day of the week, than go play quiz games and stuff. But I'm a man of the people. That's what we're here to do. I church pastor blaster. Your manmothers and the grandmothers. <laughs> yes. I church oh, wait, pastor blaster oh. <laughs> says, uh, awesome interview with Vicky Guerrero. God bless you, Denise. Yeah, tell the people about Thank your you. interview. Uh, there is a brand new interview that I just uploaded today with Vicky Guerrero, and I gotta say, it's probably one of my coolest interviews that I've uploaded so far. Like, it is so fun. She is so lovable, and I don't know how many people know this, but Vicky has a very, like, lovable personality where she's just into so many different stuff and very, very easy to talk to. So, I think that if you kind of want to get an inside look as to the, the person that she really is off camera, um, I think this interview would be a really good one, and she talks a lot about AEW, how that relationship came about, and you know, just uh, working with Nyla Rose and so many other stuff. Definitely check that out, guys. Denise has a lot of great content, even even in her archives over there. So make sure you guys check that out. But we've got WWE Raw to talk about. Uh, Throwback twenty seven. Uh, our, our dude, check out his his show on YouTube. We share it uh, on our posts here on YouTube all the time. He says, early night tonight, guys. Have an amazing show. 106 degrees plus humidity working on cars. It's uh. brutal. He's going to be dropping like 10 pounds of water a day. Stay hydrated. He says, with Pritchard working both shows and NXT talent showing they're the A show, should Pritchard take notes from the NXT playbook? Unfortunately, Denise, I think that NXT's format has been following Raw and SmackDown of late, and that doesn't that's not great to me. I think it needs to stand out and be different. Yeah, I was just talking about this like the last several weeks, I have noticed a big difference in NXT where I feel like they were adding a lot more in the past, whereas whereas now I feel like the show has sort of kind of been very consistently the exact same thing. It's just like back-to-back -back matches, nothing else happening in between, and I just kind of feel like there is a there's a there's a there's something missing about the show right now that isn't pulling it together, and it was. It was just very noticeable the last several weeks, and I, I don't know what that the reasoning behind that is. Tay Bookie says, Denise, thanks for the Lover album, Jon Snow, and the one oh, nice. is my favorite song on Folklore, one of my favorite opening tracks she's released. You're missing out, Sean. Look, you feel I, I, all I this don't, love. I don't dislike her music or anything. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike it. I just don't. I have not sought out her album. I have even told you particular songs that I like. Just you told me one song, style? and it was it's style. A song. It's a very good song. Yeah, but it's like very basic, though. Like it's kind of like if you ask really a wrestling not. fan who's your favorite wrestler, and they're like John Cena, just and you're like, really? A, just because it was a single, I mean, it stands out compared to a lot of the pop <laughs> trash that is on the radio out here. And I get it; it's one of the hits. And you and Jeremy, you did you Taylor. Swift hipsters, you throw on no, your you throw on your glasses purist. and you're like, well, <laughs> you know, actually, um, I, I think that that style is just <laughs> too mainstream. 
I would never listen to that as a first choice, no. And if you're going to pick a single, maybe go with Tim McGraw, one of her earlier ones, or Picture to Burn. Ugh, I would not go with Style. I can't believe those are the only songs you can come up with. And also, I did not know that you wore glasses. Oh, yeah, I can't see. Uh, You know, maybe Sparks Fly or Eyes Open would be better for you. Yeah, be cultured, you know, but they all went platinum, so what does it really matter? That's you and Jeremy every day to me. Every day to me. I, I gotta deal with this. Man. You're being blessed. Consider yourself blessed. <laughs> Zach Barber says, what do the Taylor Swift album, the finish of the women's title match have in common? They're both hot trash! I disagree. I disagree. I disagree, too. Uh, Hannah Moore says, we don't tolerate John Cena slander, Denise. You know, I- I'm with you there. Okay, I was just trying to think. It wasn't slander. It was I was just trying to think of somebody that everybody knows. So, actually, it's a compliment. I wasn't going to say somebody that wasn't known. I- I've got to save some of these for the end of the show, including Jeremy's super chat. But Leonza Duncan says, Denise told you two belts, Banks is here. And uh, we we've got plenty we got plenty of super chats that we got to get into, uh, but Mattel Perrick of OMG says haven't caught the live show in a while. Keep up the good work, Fightful. Hey, thank you very much, and uh, thank you for your great product as well. I'm a big fan of OMG. Um, man, just so many right now. Let's go ahead and get into this. Evan Wright says I want this clipped. This rules. <laughs> I haven't busted out the hipster gimmick in a while, but here we go. Uh, Anakin JMT says, SRS is the Sasha and Bailey of Quizzlemania. Thank you. I really, really am. And Evan Wright says, love the Anderson Gallows Rocky interview today, Sean. Fightful Select rules. Denise rules. Raw did not rule at all, but wrestling this week will be great. Yeah, I agree. There's some good stuff this week. Um, and thank you very much for the kind words. That is an interview. As I mentioned in the Anderson interview, I had contacted him. We're from the same geographical area. A couple of my friends had actually trained with him coming up. So he's a Cincinnati guy. And last year I was like, listen, man, I don't know if you're still in Cincinnati. Don't know if you're in Florida. If you're in Cincinnati and you all leave, I will drive to you. If you're in Florida, I will fly to you to do an interview. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we ended up having to do it uh, via Zoom and much later. But uh, Josh Cardenas says, screw Pritchard. Aldous is a star. I think he's, I think he's much more of a star now than when Pritchard thought a lot of those things. But let's get into Raw. Let's get into Raw. Randy Orton video airs, and he comes out and says that he's always done exactly what he wanted to do, and that's never going to change. But he's missing something. He wants to be WWE champion again, and says that Drew was around ten years ago when Orton was on top, but he had his head so far up his ass that he got himself fired. Damn, what'd you think of that line? He challenged Drew McIntyre to a title match at SummerSlam and says Drew will never see his RKO coming. So there were a few things that I enjoyed on tonight's show, and there was things that I absolutely hated on tonight's show. I will say that this opening segment with Randy Orton was one of the things that I actually really enjoyed. And the reasoning behind that was the fact that Randy Orton has been on a roll. He's been on a hot streak, you can say. So having him open the show kind of already brought you into feeling this excitement, just, you know, kind of having him start, start, kick it off. And so he came heated with all of these like one liners that he had, like really getting into his face, really calling out Drew McIntyre. And I really like the fact that we are finally seeing the seeds be planted for this. And I know that people were talking about this several weeks back, like, oh, we want to see Orton, Drew McIntyre. And now it's finally happening. And I am 100% here for it because this is what we have been needing for Drew McIntyre. I no longer want to see him in in storylines with Dolph Ziggler. I'm moving on. I'm ready. Yeah, quite frankly, this is the, the appropriate title match for him. And right now, as much as I would love to see Randy Orton go on the Legend Killer Tour, as I mentioned, and continue that, he's the, he's the hottest heel on the show. I want to see him against the top baby face on the show. I like this. Chris Rain sends a super chat and says, Can't wait for the return of the Jedi at Quizzlemania. Save us, SRS. 
I do not understand the reference. I just know it's something about Star Wars. Matthew Garrett says, RKO is king. Give him the strap. Do you think that he should win the title at SummerSlam? No. No. And I've said this from the start. Like, I want to see the match, but I don't want to see Randy Orton be champion. And it's not a knock against Randy Orton, but the fact that I think it would be more important to build build Drew McIntyre as a champion that has actually had a good reign. And he hasn't had a good reign right now. So, obviously, a feud with Randy Orton will give him that. And I just see more opportunities with Drew McIntyre getting that Randy Orton rub than anything else. So, I Definitely want to see Drew McIntyre retain. Yeah, I'm with you too. I think Drew is the right pick to win that. Uh, Naya meets Orton on the ramp, and she says she's in the same boat and wants to be Raw Women's Champion. She says that she got screwed out of the title last time she faced Asuka, but as I'm sitting there listening to her, I'm like, I think you got screwed by WWE not booking you after you wrote Charlotte off TV, because that's a pretty big thing to do and then not be on TV for a while after. But another woman who kind of fits that bill is Shayna Baszler. Shayna comes out and says, nobody cares what Nia has to say in the two brawl. I'm down for that because this is not a title program. They're not in the title picture. It's a secondary feud between two people I haven't seen wrestle a bunch. We got a match, but it was just them brawling. And I want to say, I like how they did this. But it is hilarious to me. Like, there's never first-time matches on pay-per-view. Even if they go for a minute and do a double count-out. WWE never does that. But I have been hoping for a Peter Griffin versus the Chicken story where you got two people that just beat the living shit out of each other no matter where they are to the point to where they cannot be in the same building. They cannot be in the same area code as one another because WWE is like, they won't stop fighting. What do you think of this story as it's stepping out of the title picture. Okay, so first of all, I like the idea of Naya and Shayna working together because obviously there hasn't been much for them, especially for Shayna, who we still have very, very high hopes for. Now, the thing I did not like about this whatsoever is that I felt that they had Naya be the most dominant one, and I just didn't really feel that it came across as believable because I feel that we all know that if this was a real fight, that Shayna would easily take down Naya regardless of size, whatever. And so because of that, I couldn't really get on board with it because I just didn't really feel like it was realistic. And I kind of felt like Shayna didn't really look her best in this brawl. And so because of that, I wasn't necessarily a, a fan of how it started off. But I am glad that the match ended the way that it ended because it did it did make sense for it to be that way. But other than that, I think I would have just liked for, for Shayna to be the more dominant one here. Yeah, Anakin JMT says, since anyone against Nia is a baby face, is Shayna a face? <laughs> I'm cool with them both being assholes, too. Change the dynamic. I'm so sick of knowing exactly how a WWE show is going to go. I'm so sick of the formula. I'm tired of the formula. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people that watch this show that could predict almost everything that's going to happen on this show or if they went and they wrote out a format of how WWE Raw was going to be, I would look at it and go, "Yeah, that makes sense." I'm here to change. I'm here for the the formula change. Uh, Rafael Garcia pissing me the hell off, saying Sean's redheaded stepbrother got his ass whooped in the ring. Who was that guy? That guy looked nothing like me. It looked like Sam Roberts and Seth Green. <laughs> Got okay, together. I thought Sam Roberts, too, on that one. I was for a second, I was like, wait, what? Is that him? And I was like, wait, no, he has red hair. What's happening yeah. here? Raphael, do you watch this show with your eyes closed? You you got it on in the background or something. I'm way prettier <laughs> than that guy. Come on. Oh, uh, Matt, I hope you did not lower your self-esteem tonight. <laughs> no, I'm offended. I'm way prettier than that guy. Come on. I gotta be. I, man. Mm-hmm. Zach Barber says Shayna should be in a title match at SummerSlam, not toiling with Nia Jax. Sure, I'm okay with that, but you know what I'm also okay with? Secondary women's storylines. And if this is how I got to get it, I'm going to take it. Because right now the tag titles are tied up. I, I, I'm down for storylines, real honest-to-God stories. 
that aren't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bully you backstage. I'm so sick of that shit. Somebody coming up and doing the mean girls horse shit that they resort to all the time. Eh, You can't wear sweatpants today, so we're going to fight. I'm so sick of that bullshit. Lazy bullshit with women's storylines all the time. I want stuff like this, something just a little bit different. Uh, Denise, how how do you feel about that, uh, Baszler in the title program as opposed to this? Because, I mean, I, I'd be fine with either. Well, obviously, I have no problem with it because, as I mentioned, we have high hopes for Shayna. But right now, it's not the time because we haven't really seen much of her. And in the past several weeks, we haven't really seen her do anything. So because of that, she needs something to sort of get back on track so that we can see her in the title picture later on. I just think right now it's off timing. The focus isn't there. But I don't mind seeing her work with with Nia Jax. I really don't. I don't mind, like you said, having the secondary woman's woman's storyline because it always feels like the women are always piled on together. If it's a if it's a single if it's a singles thing, all of a sudden it turns turns into a tag team and you're just like okay um i like the idea of keeping things separate and not always bunching all the women up together i agree i agree uh guys by the way if you notice our our fightful mma boxing youtube channel going a little bit dark over the next week it's completely normal we are setting up for uh basically the debut of shaquille Missouri, who's taking over FightfulMMA.com. We're going to see a lot of new, fresh content. Uh, we we had a, a pretty important decision to make recently. Like, do we scrap Fightful MMA and, quite frankly, make more money doing it? Or do we reinvest and give you guys the type of MMA content that you deserve and that we want Fightful to be known for? We picked the latter, and we've got Shaquille Missouri starting uh, in a week and a half He's already given me so many great ideas. we got great new graphics ready. It's going to be able to have the attention that, quite frankly, I've not been able to, to give it. As you guys can tell, our wrestling side has grown exponentially in the last couple of years. And I love MMA, and I'll still contribute to that side. But he's going to be leading that charge. Follow him at Fight Shack Fight. That is S-H-A-K. And uh, subscribe. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing. There's going to be new shows, uh, new features, a lot of cool stuff. We still got David Tease over there as well. Uh, we've got Ian and Seda Wolf that are that are uh, sending us features and stuff like that too. Plus the great community for our live coverage. There are very few websites on the internet that have more comments for our fight night live coverage than than what we have. We do pickums and a lot of stuff like that. So. Even if you haven't liked MMA in the past, or if you do, check out FightfulMMA.com because starting about August 4th, it's going to be completely revamped. Very excited for that. But I was also excited for this top contender match. Angel Garza and Andrade win. Street Profits do in-ring introductions. I kind of like that. It was a time killer for sure. But I, I kind of like that. What did you think? It felt more important. It felt yeah. like, oh, like these are going to be our possible competitors. I didn't mind it. I liked it. Yeah, and uh, this was much shorter than I thought, but I got to say that early on, the psychology, I really liked it because, Denise, there are so many times when I'm like, it's a triple threat tag match. Why do they even give a shit about the rules? There are no DQs. They didn't care about the rules. Now, just to to establish this, guys, the only clear-cut rule in a triple threat tag match is there are legal men and not legal men. They don't have to tag in and out because there's no DQ. The ref can say, hey, man, get out of this ring. But that's a recommendation, not a rule. Uh, So I like that they actually played this up like it made sense, Denise. Because if you're watching your buddy get his ass whipped, you're not just going to hang out there if there's no nothing keeping you from it. So there was a lot of things that I did not like about this match to be honest. I know. Shocking, right? I feel like this match screams Denise all over it. And yeah. that's why I was extra picky. And here's the reasoning as to why. You have Viking Raiders. You have Ricochet, Cedric. You have Andrade, Angel Garza. You have all of these incredible talents. So I'm thinking, oh, man, this match is going to be great. It's going to be fast-paced, bump after bump, like cool spots. Like it's going to be great, right? And my expect- my expectations went from like here – 
all the way down for this. And right off the bat, I thought, okay, I really like the way Cedric and Ivar kicked it off. So I thought that it was setting a good pace. But then I noticed that we were getting just too many shots that were like ring commentary, ring commentary. And once I realized that we were getting all these additional commentary like shots, I was like, oh, they are slowing down the pace of this match. And from there on, I felt like we did a lot more waiting around for things to actually happen than for the match itself to happen. I thought there was a lot of outside distractions that I didn't really care for because when I saw the, you know, that this match was happening, I was expecting something totally different. And I don't think that I got that. Um, I think if anything, we only saw Ivar have a few good moments. Ricochet had a few good moments in this match. I did think, however, that the right team won. Right off the bat, I wanted Angel, uh, Angel Garza and Andrade to win. So I was happy about that, but I was very disappointed in this match because I expected a whole lot more. I enjoyed the match, but it was way too short for me because they put that commercial break right like smack dab in the middle. They were going like 110 miles an hour early. I love that German suplex clothesline. The somersault senton you mentioned was good. And, like, I enjoyed it, but it it left something to be desired. And the thing is, I'm okay with matches ending earlier than I expected because that's the nature of a fight. And if I want it to be unpredictable, I can't sit there and say, okay, this is going to be a 15-20 minute match. Sometimes sometimes you got to Goldberg-Lesnar a match, even though I hated that at the time. Sometimes you got to completely shock people or not completely shock people. Just condition them to not be conditioned, if that makes sense. You have to kind of throw that out the window. But uh, ultimately, I think that one of the reasons I liked it so much is because it got done what I wanted done, which is Angel Garza and Andrade winning the match because they should have won this. Uh, Anakin JMT says, RIP baseball. At least my Tigers got their heat back against your Reds. That didn't happen, but yeah, it's hard for me to believe that baseball was going to work with that many people going home every single day, then going to the supermarket and going to Gold Star Chili and all that horse shit. <laughs> I love baseball. It was, it was a fun weekend. I'd be shocked if baseball were still in season in two weeks. But hey, you know what? Basketball will be back this weekend. And quite frankly, if you had any questions, oh, gee, do masks work? Does distancing work? Does quarantining work? NBA has pretty well shown you. Also, credit to the UFC for all the criticism that was that was given to them. They have done it safely, and they have changed things accordingly. A lot of respect to UFC for the way they've handled this in a very dangerous time. But the NBA... They, they got past all the hurdles, and they are, quite frankly, in a damn bubble of isolation, and nobody's testing positive. Wild how that works, huh? It really does. Rollins asks Murphy if he's there with him tonight. Murphy confirms, but Rollins is calling out Dominic. Dominic hesitates and gets his ass whipped. <laughs> oh, I had a lot of feelings about this segment. First off, Alistair Black tries to make the save because, you know, he is that white knight. That is him. Uh, Like, his cast is white, and then slowly but surely, his entire body will just be a suit of, like, (laughs) cast armor because he is the white knight. Um, Rollins tells Murphy to take care of this and says that Black has embarrassed him time and time again. I do like that. Rollins brings up that Alistair Black has beat Murphy's ass. 400 times. So Murphy takes Aleister Black's eye out. That makes sense to me, Denise. I just, I feel bad because I thought, buddy, I thought Murphy came across as pretty dorky this episode of Raw. Like really dorky. As a bit of a bitch in this segment. Yeah, because even in the beginning, like, it was almost confusing where he had like that concerned look and I'm like, are you concerned about like Dominic's feelings or are you concerned because Dominic is probably seeking revenge? It was weird. And at first I liked the whole thing between Seth and him, you know, sort of like him forcing him to like do all of this stuff and whatever and do it and do it. I liked that. But then afterwards, when later on in his match, I just kind of felt like this wasn't his best night. I didn't think he came across looking so brilliant. 
So I'm okay with that because he's very clearly conflicted. And then when Rollins is like, man, this guy's embarrassed you. Like, embarrassed the hell out of you. I was like, all right, I I get it. Then Dominic, when he throws some offense out there, he throws his offense out there, Denise. I get the feeling. But I'm not buying it. I just can't buy it. He swung that kendo stick. Okay, a couple of times. He did, though. He did, though, yeah. You could tell there were a few where he did not mean to hit anybody. And that, I hate that, when he's just swinging at the stairs, intentionally trying to miss them. But otherwise, he's swinging for the fences. I think that my, I, I, I didn't think he did bad in that part, okay? But I think I would have been a lot, a lot more shocked or pleasantly surprised had he out of nowhere joined up with Seth Rollins. I think that that was my assumption the entire time. So maybe my brain is still stuck on that idea and I haven't let it go. But I just wanted to be surprised. And when he did it, I wasn't surprised and therefore I lo- no longer felt interested. Yeah, I'm with you there. So my question is, where's Humberto? I don't know. I wasn't even expecting him to I wasn't even expecting to see him in a match tonight. Well, he was later on. Let's go ahead and talk about it cuz old old Humberto is a shitty friend, Denise. What's up <laughs> Maybe with this he just guy? didn't want to get involved, you know? Yeah, like let just, them do their thing. Alistair already got him. beat up. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they knocked the shit out of each other with strikes, him and him and Murphy. Carrillo has a good missile dropkick. Murphy is dressed up like he's about to go on a snowboarding vacation and then catches Humberto off the top rope with a knee and Murphy's Law. To me, the fact that Humberto was here for this match but didn't come help earlier because you know WWE's method. Oh, well, if if it's three on two for the baby faces, that's that's not a good guy thing, is it? Uh, Who gives a shit? Why wouldn't he help him? He's losing a friggin' eye. Dominic isn't, isn't... a trained wrestler in WWE's world. So that took a little bit away from it. I'm like, why should I like Humberto right now? After all the stuff that him and his best buddy Alistair have been through. But I, I, I did like the match. I thought that they, they did well there. The match was fine. Again, I couldn't get dist- I couldn't keep think I couldn't stop thinking that Murphy was just not looking the brightest today. And I just thought, man, now he's having a match with Umberto. Umberto hasn't even been like, you know, a highlight of the show. So I just kind of felt like things weren't necessarily connecting for him. I honestly I can only tell you that I like the finish. I love how Murphy's Law looked. It looked pretty That's awesome. Great. And that was about it. He told me he sat on that move for like years really before he did it yeah and said that he did that with a couple other moves like uh the hammerlock ddt like he sat on that and then then uh andrade started to use it so he was like ah, <laughs> don't sit on them too long yeah he didn't he he just eh, those are the breaks those are the breaks uh we got the vip lounge but before that we got our truth who tells mufasa ali that he has his eyes on say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply him because he thinks Ali is going for the 24-7 title MVP brings Ali on the show and it's the same thing we've seen on every talk show with a baby face oh they're going to take shots at each other and it's so predictable it's that formula I keep talking about it's uh it's, it's the same shit over and over again 
I'm not a fan of the talk shows. I forget. I think it was like three weeks ago where we had so many talk shows on one Raw. I remember pointing it out. And I just – I think after that I was like I'm, I'm done with all of these talk shows. I'm done. Yeah. I don't I, feel like we need to see them every week. I don't need them all the time, especially if it's going to be the same thing. So MVP makes kind of a proposal to Ali and says otherwise he'll be like a co- Apollo Crews and sit on the couch. R-Truth comes out and tries to win the 24-7 title. I like that. Why not? Why wouldn't he try to do that? Makes sense. I actually sure. thought Mustafa was amazing on the mic tonight. Of like I thought like everything that he said was like spot on. It was delivered great. So I would actually say that that was a highlight for him. Yeah, I mean. Glad to see him back. Yeah, he's great on the mic. I really like Ali. And uh, Drew Nicholas says, can't believe they 50-50 Ali already. Neither man should have lost. Why couldn't they have done Ali versus Shelton instead? I do agree with the idea that Ali probably just shouldn't have been in this match to begin with, or it should have been somebody else. If he is facing Bobby Lashley, I'm completely fine with him losing to Bobby Lashley, even if he just came back, because Bobby Lashley is a freaking monster and has been doing some of his best work ever right now, and that's saying something. His TNA run was incredible. The Umaga stuff was fantastic as well. But right now, he's doing some of his best work. How do you feel about that, trying to balance that? Because I get it. Ali just came back. You could really put some momentum behind him. Obviously, they dropped the hacker thing. How do you feel about all this? Okay, so here's the thing about Ali, is that I honestly think that he could be that guy that is that if marketed correctly because of his look and his moveset and all of that, I feel that he could be the guy that attracts uh, children, mm-hmm. you know, like the guy that like, oh, he's so freaking cool, man. Like, oh, you know, Ali's coming out. I'm so excited. I feel like he can be that guy for WWE if done right and given the right opportunity. So I don't want to see Ali necessarily uh, get 50-50 booking or go on a losing streak or anything like that. Obviously, he just came back, but I just feel like there's so much potential with him. And I mean, it's from everywhere. It's from his look. It's from everything. Like, he has it all where I think he can be very marketable. I I don't disagree with you at all. And also, considering his background, I mean, from from him being a police officer to being a minority who is obviously he has spoken. He's spoken about the type of type of stuff that he's faced. I mean, there's you want a guy that can bridge a lot of gaps for you and deliver in the ring. Deliver on the mic. Deliver from a not. I don't mean just a character in on the show standpoint. I mean a human character standpoint. Everybody there likes him. Everybody there talks about what a good dude he is. That's the type of person that you want as a high level babyface. I could see him very easily sliding into the same type of situation that a Kofi Kingston did if they play it right. Because remember, oh, yeah. Ali was supposed to get that. That shot, not not everything that happened with Kofi Kingston. That was a product of Kofi's history, him being amazing at what he did, but he replaced Ali in that match. There's a story to be told there, and if they would have kept giving him wins, I think that there was a nice babyface, babyface thing that could have happened there with him and Drew, where Drew could have played the big surly, maybe like pseudo-heel type of thing. Where he's like, you know what? You do deserve it. And I said a long time ago, I was going to give people shots that deserve it. And he doesn't have to win that title. But man, you want to. Can't tell me that wouldn't be a badass main event for a Raw or something. Damn, yeah, he man. has presence. I see him, honestly, I see him going further. And this is not a knock, but I do see him going further than like Cedric, than Ricochet. Mm-hmm. And I do see them being able to do a lot more with him. He's a better promo than both of them. As, as we found yeah. out, um, he's, he's not tossing out humble pie though, Denise. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, no, this, dumb and dumber. I gotta say, I loved this freaking match. Jeez. Like Lashley was such a dominant ass whipper. And I don't like the ninjas. I think it's stupid, but this ring post F5 gimmick that Lashley keeps doing. Jesus, he, like, Denise. twisted him around. His body looked like, uh, what do you call those, like those frisbees? Yeah, he looked like yeah. a frisbee. I, like a I, fidget I, I, spinner? I saw his, 
A fidget spinner. Thank you. That's what I was trying to think of. The fidget spinners. That's what his body looked like when he hit the post. I was like, wait, did he just like flip there? I don't know what happened, but it looked awesome. So we're going to call that move the Bivens Buster, even though that wasn't Malcolm Bivens that got hit with it. We're just going to pretend it was Malcolm Bivens. And I see a lot of people say, oh, well, it's the same thing Brock used to do. No, it's not. Brock would get them and he would throw them into the air and then into that. Bobby Lashley fireman carries them and then just runs full speed and lets their legs crash up against the, the ring post and spin. It is amazing. I have not seen anybody use the ring posts as well as Bobby Lashley since Bret Hart. Because later on, Ali makes him look like a million bucks when he just gets tossed into the ring post and flies around. And this is another reason why Ali is so important. He can make Bobby Lashley look incredible. That flatliner that Bobby Lashley did. Best one I've ever seen because Ali took it. Uh, Ali had a great comeback with the Tornado DDT, but this was 95% Lashley, and I'm okay with that. And it didn't hurt Ali to me because I'm sitting there thinking, Bobby Lashley, former ECW champion, former TNA champion, 15-2 and two in MMA, big bad son of a bitch. I'm okay with that. Full Nelson gets the win. How'd you feel about the match? I liked it. I thought that Lashley looked like a killer, and he's been doing so consistently. I didn't mind it at all. And, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't think I could say any more good stuff than I've already said about Ali. Uh, Hannah Moore says, Denise is correct. As soon as he popped up, my five-year-old yelled, Ali, and ran to find his action right? figure. He adores Ali. He has that cool factor, that presence, that thing that, like, a Jeff Hardy, that a Rey Mysterio has, you know, yeah. that, that cool factor. Bob Harris says that he sees Ali as the new Cena with kids. I do think that, that Rey Mysterio is, is a closer comparison, but they need somebody to connect with, with children in that manner uh, because, obviously, Bailey Bailey is 100% better doing what she's doing now. But I think there are some people that could do that. Uh, quite frankly, I think Naomi could be that for the women, too, because of the vibrant colors, and she changes her appearance all the time. Oh, and yeah. if they have audiences, she has things that she can give to the crowd. Like, she can have, like, glow things that she gives to the kids and stuff like that. Uh, Marcus Ryan says, Alistair Black should be in the world title scene. Yeah, he should be. He should have been for something, even if to lose, but that's, that's where we are. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Azo Smith says, Dom's kendo shots are giving me shades of Sasha killing Charlotte in that Falls Count Anywhere match. Good God, he killed them. They were pretty tough, pretty tough shots. I, I will agree. Reminder, guys, donate a super chat. Any amount, get your statement or question read on the air. And we would greatly appreciate it. Also, leave a thumbs up and subscribe. That stuff helps us out a ton. And share this video on social media. So we're going to skip to the main event after this because I want to talk about the, the women's title match as the main thing. That's the main talking point. But we also saw a Regis Philbin tribute video. Did you watch much Regis when you were younger? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. I was, I mean, not I, it was a big deal. Like, who wants to be a millionaire when I was a kid? Like, it was like, white hot and i would watch regis here and there but he had a good connection with wwe uh we do send our condolences to his friends his family his fans uh i had retweeted like the the first who wants to be a millionaire winner that was like such an iconic moment where the dude didn't use any lifelines then used one to call his dad just to tell him he was going to win a million dollars and regis's reaction just really good stuff he was a, he was very important to the entertainment world but uh, we also got this main event, which I'm now they say was a non-title match. But I'm like, why? Why did Ziggler want the shot so bad? Did make... they ever specify? No, yeah, no. He specified he wanted a match. I remember yeah. that because he was begging. But did they say it was for the title? Well, here's the thing. Why? Why wouldn't it be? Why? Uh, why not? If they're they're gonna give a bunch of people title shots off of losses, why not this? Because that was my thing. I thought that. Ziggler was just like, okay, I want another crack at the title, all that. But if they say it's not a title match, I don't know. It's weird to me. But Drew's on board with the SummerSlam title match. 
and cuts a promo on Orton, but he tells Ziggler their match is an Extreme Rules match. We get weapons everywhere. Chairs, canes, plexiglass, and then Ziggler does a ball shot. Uh, Drew manages to come back. He does the ECW Rhino Gore, where he just carries Ziggler all the way through the barricade. Ziggler does a fame-asser. I loved this counter into the zigzag. That was good stuff, Denise. Like, this was a pretty fun match. I remember saying last week that I didn't care for it, right? I said that, like, the last two weeks. But uh, I actually thought that this fell in line. Like, I've been saying this. They've been having really good Raw main events, and I think that this fell in line with that. I love when he ran him through the barricade. It looked freaking awesome. Like, that force running through there looked great. I thought that there was some really cool spots in the match that they included. I, I loved the ending. I thought it was perfect. And then the way it just, like, ended there, I was like, this was wasn't bad considering that it was just a main event for raw so i enjoyed it and afterward oh i'll wait till you till you say no that's okay uh ziggler ends up doing that zigzag into the claymore but or out of the claymore and then drew wins with a claymore through a table uh but this was this is pretty good stuff rko out of nowhere Ed Call says, question, Sean, you tweeted about Dolph's seven WWE title matches in 2016. Thought tonight was a non-title. I thought tonight was a title. And the fact that I didn't know and I cover this shit for a living should tell you that they need to clarify this better because I edit every single story on Fightful.com. Should have clar- clarified it more. Randy Orton, Drew, uh, how, how did you like the finish? So, okay, so afterwards when Drew was celebrating whatever, I just – I stood up and I was like, okay, they're probably going to close the show, so I'm going to get ready, right? But then I was standing there and I was was thinking – man, this would be a really great opportunity for Randy Orton to come out and attack him. And then, bam, RKO out of nowhere. It looked great because the camera was zoomed in on Drew McIntyre when it actually happened. So you just sort of see, you never see Randy Orton coming. All of a sudden, you're just in the RKO. It's happening. So I thought that closing shot was great. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really glad that they did it that way. And... uh... Yeah, I, I like that they went to, to Orton, closing that, hit the RKO. He made good on his promise. I dig that. Uh, Rob Wilkins says, honestly, Regis should be in the Hall of Fame celebrity wing. There's a lot of people that should, honestly. I, I'm surprised Cindy Lauper isn't in there either. That's that's kind of weird. But the, the real main event that people are here to talk about, the Raw Women's Championship, you can win by a DQ or countout. Sasha Banks defeated Asuka via countout. To become Raw Women's Champion. It was a... a, They could have done a better finish in a a Sasha Banks-Asuka match. But I liked it. I thought it made sense. It wrote off Kyrie Sane. It made Asuka look like a a good baby face. It made Sasha and Bayley look like assholes. let's, Let's talk about the match first. Okay. Match was awesome. Match was really good. You know it's going to be good. Uh, Sasha apparently forgot that she could get counted out. Rolls back in the ring. She tries to get Asuka DQ'd with the Eddie spot. And then Asuka head kicks her. Sasha works over the leg big time here. Over and over and over. She does an incredible frog splash. And then we, we go into the finish. Bank statement into an ankle lock. And then we see it up on the, the, the Tron. Kyrie had ran Bailey off. But Bailey is beating the living shit out of Kyrie backstage. And I mean bad. Slamming her up against the roll door. Asuka goes to save her friend and gets counted out. How did you feel? All right. So I have like a million thoughts on this. And they're all kind of overlapping with one another. So first of all, with the match itself. The match was really good. It was fluid. They did so much during all of this. Like It was fast-paced. It just got you into it right from the start. I love the fact that Sasha was pulling out all of these desperate tactics to, you know, to claim victory. I thought Asuka was really fighting for it. Whatever. They did everything that they could do to make that match really good. And when I was watching this, I just started thinking to myself, in the last several weeks of Raw, I feel that the best matches have all been the women's matches. In terms of them being at another level, I feel that the women's matches have been uh, really, really, really good. Um, 
Now, in terms of the finish, I thought that Asuka looked really, really silly watching the Titantron and seeing Kyrie get beat by Bailey. And the reason to that is Bailey is one person. One person. It wasn't like Kyrie was getting attacked by five people or whatever. She's one person. So I'm thinking, all right, if you're in Asuka's shoes, you don't just go and and go help your friends. I saw this completely different. I get it. We were supposed to see it as, oh, she's really helping her friend. I'm thinking she's getting attacked by one person. Finish your match. Your match. You have it here with Sasha Banks. Get it done with and then go. So that was my original opinion. But then when I saw Kyrie Saints tweet and, you know, her whole goodbye and all of that, I was like, all right, well, given that this was a good way to sort of write her out and even that tantrum or not even a tantrum, the the emotion that came out of Asuka afterwards uh, backstage where she was just like losing it. I thought that worked really great because you really felt like so much emotion from her. I almost feel like part of it was sort of real, like that raw emotion of her leaving the company and she's, you know, losing a friend I thought was really interesting uh but I did think that it made her look a little bit silly during this match and I didn't think it was fair either I mean everybody had been wanting this Oscar reign everybody had been talking about it and she finally gets this opportunity she has this big moment at Money in the Bank then she gets the belt from Becky Lynch everybody's so happy and then nothing really comes of it she has really great matches on Raw but that was pretty much it and there you go that was her title reign yeah, uh, they do a lot of things to make baby faces look a little bit dumb. Although in this situation, I'm looking at Kyrie and I'm like, damn, that's a CTE attack. Like, repeated up against the roll top door. So I get it. Her friend, and I would like Oscar to say that. My friendship was more important than the title. That's, she should say that. She should say that. But as a way to write Kyrie Sane off, I think that was really good. And I think there's an even better way to write off your hunger, and that's magicspoon.com. And Kyrie Sane's going to have plenty of time to sit around and eat cereal. It's one of the best parts of being a kid. Now it's one of the best parts of growing up. You, when you try to cut down on carbs, sugar, and unhealthy food, cereal is one of those things that usually has to go. And a lot of great things have to go. But not anymore. MagicSpoon.com is here. Zero grams of sugar, 11 grams of protein, three net grams of carbs in each serving. I love this stuff. Um, I uh, My breakfast routine and even a snack routine consists of Magic Spoon. I have that variety pack. Koto, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. I, I've torn into the fruity this past week, and I really love that. It tastes amazing. It's too good to be true. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, like I said, that, that fruity has been my go-to this past week. I love the variety pack because I get to switch it up. I don't, I'm not eating the same thing over and over again. And like I said, I love how much this stuff fills me up. I'm not going back eating two bowls that are above the serving size. It's one serving size and I'm filled up, and I don't feel guilty about what I just ate. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel out of shape after eating it. Go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Grab a variety pack. Try it today. Use our promo code Fightful at checkout and get free shipping. They are so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use that code Fightful for free shipping. We thank them for sponsoring the show. And hit them up at Eat Magic Spoon. Let them know you heard about them from us. And uh, that that really helps. Even if you don't order it, let them know that you heard their name from us. And uh, brand awareness is very important because maybe one day you're going to be like, you know what? It's time for me to try that. And they'll know that we sent you. Uh, check it out, guys. It is great. MagicSpoon.com slash Fightful. We have... So many super chats over this. Uh, Azo Smith says, Of course we love Sasha becoming two belts banks, but can they allow her to finally defend that Raw title? Please, that would be nice. I think there's a real good story in the fact that she's never been able to successfully defend her world title. There's some emotion to conjure out of people based on that, Denise. What do you think? 
Well, I don't know what can what is that story, and I just she's, feel she's like been the Raw Women's Champion like four, five, six times, never successfully defended it once. So then, this would definitely have to be it, so that she yeah. can also prove that she's on par, that she's in line with Bailey. And there's that's, that. Th- that's the thing. WWE has a way of just making things less important, as we saw with Aleister Black. They did not reference the fact that he was on this insane winning streak when he got beat. They should make this a thing where somebody goes up to Sasha Banks and they're like, I want first crack at you because I know that you choke every single time you have that title. And I want to be the person that capitalizes on you choking. Not to bring AEW and everything, but one of the things I love so much about AEW is that one week somebody can be a heel, and one week somebody can be a face, just based on the situation. If Shayna Baszler came up to Sasha Banks and said, I know you're a choke artist, and I'm going to help you do that, and I'm going to take advantage of that, Sasha's going to be the baby face that night. Shayna's going to be the heel. And then they can go right back the next week based on based on whatever situation fits. People can have different personality traits based on the situation. Uh, Do you think there's any story to be told there? Well, the one thing that I do think is going to be pretty cool is that afterwards, once we do see Sasha and Bailey go off at each other, the fact that if it wasn't for Bailey doing that backstage beat up on Kyrie Sane, would Sasha Banks be champion? Probably not, considering yeah. storyline purposes that she was, you know, lying flat on her stomach at that point. She wasn't going to win. So I do like the fact that that is going to feed into that storyline. And I like little things like that that is going to help help give it some meat, help give it some juice, like help 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 be the reason that yeah. Bailey has something to throw in her face. And so I think that's going to be pretty awesome. But I would like for that that you mentioned like somebody like Shayna where they can be like hey you always choke I'm going to be that person to take advantage I think that would be pretty cool guys if you want to get your super chats in now is the time to do it Ken the Clown Kane says R.I.P. Kyrie Sane on the main roster we hardly knew ye I think that, that she she had some good moments they could have done more Denise but she seems very proud of what she's accomplished uh, I think they could have done a whole lot more I can't even tell you that I mean, aside from her being Kabuki Warriors and them being champions, I can't really tell you any major highlight that happened while she was in the main roster because it sort of wasn't there. Zach Barber, a little dramatic, saying, They just killed the women's division. If your name isn't Bailey, Banks, or Jax, you don't matter. Asuka got one clean win. Her whole run, shameful. That is an absurd take. That is just an, a, a weirdly absurd take, considering all the things that Asuka has done on the main roster. She has been Raw Women's Champion, SmackDown Women's Champion, Women's Tag Champion. She's won a Royal Rumble. She's won a Money in the Bank match. She's done all kinds of stuff. Like, could she be booked better? Yes, but it's hard to book somebody with the level of talent that she has to their ability because you could always do better. But she's done a lot of stuff. And Alexa Bliss has done a lot of stuff, too. That's part of Set though, it's because you know you have certain talent that are always at the top. They're always at a certain level, and now it's almost erased the surprise element of somebody from the bottom sort of going up. You know, kind of like when you had uh, Rock and Austin, but then out of nowhere you had Chris Jericho beat both of them and become undisputed champion. Like I almost feel we don't have like a Chris Jericho in the women's division that is going to sort of rise up and be that person that comes across from those two top stars like we're seeing with the. With with uh with Sasha and Bailey, and so I think that that's one of the elements that we do need incorporated into the women's division. Uh, Tay Boogie says a lot of people are going to hate the finish, but personally, I love it. It's great to hear Banks and Bailey. Oscar did the ultimate babyface thing in sympathy. That's how I feel. Like I'm conflicted, but ultimately, I have a good feeling behind it. And Sasha and Bailey are the best thing on WWE TV to me. So I want to see how this unfolds. I want to see how this all goes. Uh, sitting on my bed says, I want to say Sasha earned this. She did. Yeah, for sure she did. And he says, I have a feeling what Sasha and Bailey are doing right now will inspire so many future women's wrestlers. Of course. I mean, they are the, the focal point of WWE programming right now, Denise. 
Yeah, and that's pretty awesome, I got to say, because, I mean, a few years ago, you would have never said, oh, the women are the focal point, and that's what we're seeing. And and even, like I've said this before, but even with NXT, you've been seeing them put the women in opening matches, in, in main events where, you know, those are key moments during the show when you're going up against in a ratings war. So the fact that they're counting on the women and promoting them in a certain way to attract viewers and attract ratings, I think that's awesome. Maddie Jackson says, Raw doesn't have a women's division. No title means no division. We are never getting back together. Why do people keep saying this? They, they have established, well-established, tag titles are the golden ticket. Women's tag titles are the golden ticket. That's how you get on, on whatever show you want. Sasha and Bayley are a part of the Raw women's division right now. And that, that's just a part of it. And... They've got Nia Jax, they've got Shayna Baszler, they've got Asuka. That's pretty three pretty important pieces to have. They could do better, sure. Uh, Azo Smith says, I would not want to be the video department when doing this Banks-Bailey video package because how do you make it less than two or three minutes with all the hints? Here's the thing, Denise. I wouldn't. I would do an episode of Raw and have like every 30, 40 minutes another minute or two of the video package as they go down the history of Sasha Banks and Bailey. You weave it in and out of the show, and instead of two or three minutes, you get about 10, 12 minutes, and it, it better tells that story. That would be a good idea. Like, leading up to the match, I think that would be pretty awesome, actually. And maybe even, like, I don't know, showing highlights of past matches or past moments would be pretty cool. Drew Nicholas says, very intrigued to see Bailey Nikki Cross now. Yeah, I think that Bailey still wins that. Uh, and... It happens with help probably from Sasha somehow. But yeah, uh, Anakin JMT says, might be in the minority, but I don't have a problem with how Sasha won the title. It stays in her character, protects Asuka, and keeps Bailey and Sasha going. When do Sasha and Bailey have their match now? I, I said it earlier, uh, last week, Denise, I think it's right now, based on what they have and what they know they have, Sasha Banks and Bailey is the main event of WrestleMania to me because there's nothing bigger right now. Yeah, I remember a few months ago I was like convinced this is happening in SummerSlam. This is happening at SummerSlam. But now, like you say, <laughs> with year. what's happened, now I'm like, okay, well, SummerSlam's just a couple weeks away now, so it's coming. Uh, so because of that, I can see them definitely waiting to WrestleMania, and I wouldn't have thought that a few weeks ago. So I think my my opinions have shifted just because I feel like they're really prolonging it and really like really working it till they get to that point. Jonathan Love says, where's the Bianca fit? She needs to fit somewhere. She should fit into that Nia Shayna stuff, but she's another character. They have a, they have a fine women's division. They just need to really hammer it home. Uh, but where does she fit? I think she should be getting wins. She should be getting wins on TV, on Raw, even if they're squash wins. She needs that. Uh, Low Dig says, Fightful Select is where it at, where it's at. Do you all think the role models, uh, uh, they'll have Bailey lose the belt before Sasha and pull a swerve. I don't actually. I don't. I think that Sasha loses it. Um, I was surprised she won it because I thought that was the thing was that she was finally gonna match Bailey or she was gonna finally have to beat Bailey to match Bailey uh, and accomplish what Bailey has. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm wondering how they're gonna go about that because they can always, you know, come up with something where it's like. Oh, you know, if Bailey wins, she gets Sasha's title or whatever. They can always do something like that. I don't know if they will, but they could. So I don't really know in terms of if they're going to have somebody lose the belt first or what they're going to do with that. And then finally, Jeremy Lambert says, Sean, tell me, tell the story of me singing to you. Oh my God. We were in Winston Salem, North Carolina. I came all the way there and didn't have a belt, so you would not believe how difficult it is to find a belt in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, on Black Friday of all days. So I went to all these different places, and along the way, Jeremy starts singing Taylor Swift. Oh boy. I think that that's as best as I remember it. <laughs> and how did, you, how did that make you feel? Not great. Uh, if you guys have listened to the Judas cover, Jeremy is not a great singer. 
But uh, <laughs> Denise, you are a great interviewer and host. Tell the people where they can I'm, find you. I was about to say I'm not a great singer, though. Um, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo is, I guess you can say, the main place. I'm almost at 30K. And here's the deal. I have, like, so many interviews coming up. I'm going to be announcing some stuff maybe this week, hopefully, as long as everything goes good. And also, if you've been following me on Twitter or Instagram, you know that I'm officially on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Spotify, Anchor FM. So you can go and check out my stuff on there. Leave me a rating. Leave me a review because it really, really helps. Um, I'm like number 60-ish something right now on like top podcasts. I was like, okay, that's not too bad for somebody that just started. So I'm hoping to get to the top. I want to be higher up. So uh, please go check me out there, uh, Twitter and Instagram, at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm very active. I chat with you all. So come on through. Check it out, guys. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, leave a comment on this video. It helps. But we're also on podcast platforms everywhere, so make sure you subscribe We've got a very busy week, so keep it locked. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.